Welcome to Hour of Champions. I'm Steve Warner, former bond trader turned entrepreneur. In each episode, it is our goal to help people reclaim their courage by connecting them to their physical, mental, and spiritual greatness. Join us as we help reshape our stories and become the heroes of our own personal journey. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Hour of Champions podcast. I'm Steve Warner, founder and creator, and like I promised several weeks ago, uh, we're going to be loading up with some really amazing people, um, amazing, amazing people who uh, who I've had the uh, the pleasure, the uh, I don't even know how to describe it, to meet along the way the universe connects me, as I've mentioned, when I ask to be connected with the right people, and this guy has a story. This guy, as a matter of fact, has multiple stories. I've been warned. So I'm looking forward to hearing them and I don't know them. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be awesome. And I just want to tell you, I don't know too many people that have run with the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Dr. Joe Mercola, who have actually done the work, their life's work with some of the highest profile people on the planet. And you know, as I look to get connected along the way, this is exciting for me too, because um, who knows? You know, I'm, I'm a believer that you're one handshake away from somebody who can change your life forever. And just talking to this guy, he's changing mine. So without further ado, uh, everyone, meet Darren Steen, um, owner of the, uh, I'm sorry, Darren, tell me one more time the name of your place that you have out there. No worries, Steve. The Transformation Station. Everyone wants transformation. It's the Transformation Station. The Transformation Statement Station. This guy is the guru um, on the health and fitness side that I've been promising everybody. And I'm going to pay extra, extra um, close attention because I'm having a problem right now reducing some body fat. And I think like I'm the guy, I'm not even close. This guy is the guy. And when you explore the transformation statement station and learn more about uh, Darren and his accolades, see his photos from the past and, uh, and the present, it'll blow you away. Um, he's the guy. So uh, without further ado, take it away, my friend. Steve, thanks for that very generous uh, introduction. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hear it occasionally a little bit more now since I've been learning some life lessons, like you're the man. And I'm like, no, I'm not the man. I am, I am a man just on my journey there. I'll never become the man, but I appreciate that. You know, I accept that I'm still learning my lessons and uh, yep. I've hung around Arnold Schwarzenegger, won a big prize from him for top trainer award in the world. Uh, Joe Mercola, the number one health and fitness website in the world to this day, uh, Mercola.com trained him and his entire family, entire company for three years, mom and dad, brother, sister, two girlfriends, not at the same time. But another name that I'd love to throw out there is Anthony Tony Robbins. Anthony Tony Robbins, I paid $1,000 for a one-minute photo shoot opportunity with him after three months of due diligence of getting ready with a prime focus. One thing was going to happen, and that was he was going to ask me for my business card. And one-minute photo opportunity turned into five minutes. He asked me for my, uh, my business card, and I confirmed with his number one head bodyguard uh, that goes around with him 
uh, you know, in life said, have you ever seen that before? And he says, never in a million years have I ever seen him ask anybody in a photo opportunity for their business card. So those are some of my victories, but I've had some defeats. I've had a lot of defeats, Steve. Yeah. That, and, and I, I was going to like, I was blown away. I almost fell off my chair now with all those names. And I'm wondering like, how could somebody that's been on the top of the world with like some of the most famous people on the world and knowing how you're outperforming right now, how could anybody ever experience the victim side? But I know from life that we all have, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your story and I know you want to share it. So please take it away. Awesome. And if anything comes out and you take it the wrong way, I apologize. I just throw stuff out there at the wall. I get it out with one intention, and that is from love, trying to help anybody and everybody take their lessons and uh, keep it confidential between me and that person and become the hero. And they and I've seen so many people be able to do that uh, with my help, and I've needed the help vice versa in the past. So the first story, it's a sports story. And that is, I love sports. I, I'm, I'm 55 years young, born in 1965, raised in the country, in the woods, uh, Kankakee, Shabance, as a matter of fact, 10, 12 miles southwest of Kankakee. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of uh, coming at me. So I didn't have a lot of inflow, but I love sports. It was baseball, basketball, football. That's all we had. Whatever time of this year it was, that was what I was out in the yard doing, throwing the baseball or the football or shooting the basketball. And I loved, I loved competitiveness. And I was a little guy, 5'2", 110 pounds my freshman year in high school. I was getting pounded on, but back it up three, four, five years before that. And I was trying out for the traveling Little League team in Chabance, Illinois. And I wanted to make it so bad. And I was really a small guy. I was a small guy with a big fight in me, but I didn't make the team and my heart was broken. And I said to myself, I didn't do what I needed to do the six months before that because I was too small. I was too little. I thought bigger was better. And I just didn't push through those uh, BS belief stories in my head. And I let it affect my play. And I... I didn't make the team and I was heartbroken at that point in my life. My mom worked midnight shift to feed the kids. She worked at Bennett's bucket factory and she said, no, no, no. For the first three years, like second grade, third grade, fourth grade at me playing sports. Finally, she said yes in fifth or sixth grade. And I, I didn't make the team and I was heartbroken. And then we'll fast forward. That was the because of the victim mindset primarily. We'll fast forward. Second year in college at Olivet Nazarene University where the Bears hold their training camp. I'm always on the starting team. Freshman year in high school, sophomore and junior. Senior year in high school, they elect me team captain because of my let's go energy. We can do this together, guys. Let's go. So I was the captain of my senior year in high school at Hersher High School. Olivet. I was elected team captain three years in a row, my uh, redshirted sophomore year, junior year, senior year, because of my mentality, energy, let's go, we can do this. But my first year at Olivet, I was a defensive cornerback. I started on varsity. I was the second leading tackler. 
I got through a little bit of that, I'm too small, I'm, I'm not fast enough mentality, but they moved me to middle linebacker my sophomore year. I was scared to death. Mm. So I got injured, they redshirted me. So I had a year of mama's cooking, lifting weights. I gained 20, 25 pounds of good weight. So my second redshirted year, I'm in the preseason playing middle linebacker, scared to death, not knowing what I was doing, but we were playing against St. Joe's Division II team. This stud running back tried out for the Cowboys, this, this big monster in front of me, right? And I remember what my coaches said, my cues, when this offensive lineman's hand goes here, you fly here 100%. And it was the second game I'd ever played middle linebacker. And I, I was a little nervous. I did what my coach said 100%, full tilt. And I went over there on this cue and I'm running hundred percent and I feel this collision. I don't even see what's going on. And I hear the, the crowd roaring and I stuck this stud court, this running back for this amazing tackle. And I didn't even realize I did it. It was only because I believed I went 100% full tilt and the crowd was roaring. I'm getting goosebumps. The crowd was roaring. My mom and dad was the, everybody was on, on their feet. And that one tackle that I made, made everything change from that day going forward. I believed I was a middle linebacker. And because of that point in time, I became the all-time leading tackle for Olivet, inducted to the Hall of Fame. The record's never been broken. I have 539 tackles. All records are made to be broken, but that one's never been broken. I played two years of semi-pro at Joliet, leading tackler, Team captain, tried out for the 1988 Chicago Bears, which was a dream come true because that was the two, two or three years after the Super Bowl Bears. I'm in the locker room with Mike Singletary, Jim McMahon. Walter Payton had left the year before, son of a buck. I missed him, but Andrew uh, Thornton, RoboCop, all these guys, I'm in their locker room. I did not make the team but that was really irrelevant. I got the chance, the opportunity, and the finality to my career. So that was the hero side of the sports story. Fantastic. Awesome. I got. I have goosebumps too. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. So next story, uh, integrity. Here's the victim, Darren Steen. I'm a sophomore junior at Olivet. I'm, you know, I'm this, this guy, linebacker. And I am in, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell this man. I don't know if I've ever told more than one or two people. I get caught stealing pimple cream. <laughs> so I, my mom and dad, my dad, my mom and dad's give me everything I need. My dad's electrician. I got money in my pocket, but I'm stealing pimple cream because it's a little expensive. Um, but that's, that's no excuse. I get arrested. I didn't get arrested, arrested the guy at the store put handcuffs on me and scared me straight. And I never went to, uh, you know, to the jail, but it felt like I got arrested. And from that day right there, I have never taken a thing that I, that wasn't mine. That was the victim mentality. You know, uh, it's expensive. You know, uh, they got plenty of money to store. They won't miss it. Um, you know what? I need to save my money. I need to hold on to it. I got a lot of stress in my hand right now with a closed fist because when you hold on to something really tight, it's very stressful versus now I have a, a non-for-profit organization called the Transformation 
uh, non-for-profit. I've donated uh, over three, uh, $4,000 12-week programs to underprivileged people. I got all my debt paid off. Um, I give when no one's watching, most importantly, because I don't need people to acknowledge my give, giving. And I feel really, really good about my integrity. And that is the hero side of the integrity story. Awesome. Takes me right into the third uh, scenario, um, money. So I uh, was in a marriage. I had two kids. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. I bought a $500,000 house in Frankfurt as a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer. Shouldn't have done it. Uh, my client said, hey, go out and get yourself in debt because you'll make more money as an entrepreneur. I burnt through my 401k to build a effing swimming pool with pavers and a palm tree, real palm tree, and lights on the palm tree and speakers in the backyard to make my little family happy because my wife wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, and I thought the money would make a difference. I bought a Millennium Yellow Convertible Corvette because I deserved it. I was the number one trainer in the world for Lifetime Fitness. It was a little like thank you to myself. Um, after being a blue-collar UPS truck driver until 2001, pounding on my chest, that was the victim side of my money. The hero side was, oh, it took me 20 years to learn some of these lessons. But now I rent, I don't own a home, I live pretty much a life of minimalism, I fix my credit, I found out I don't need things to make me happy and I feel so much more love in my house for, my, from, for and from my daughters, for and from my ex-wife, for and from myself with less, less, less. That is the, vic, uh, that is the hero side of my money story. Does that make sense, Steve? It, it, it certainly does, yeah. Excellent. Let's go on to mental health. So important. Money's important, but it's not it's not as important as mental health is in my opinion. Well, this place, you know, this I'm going to slow you down for one second here cuz this is, you know, this this is something that I'm very passionate about, so I want to make sure that I'm on the edge of my seat listening to this and I want to make sure that everybody's on the edge of their seat because um, you know, the route that you've chosen professionally is one of the most important legs of the hour of champions. Um, and uh, I, I hope, and I know you're going to highlight uh, the mental health and the fitness part. So I'm going to uninterrupt myself again and let you go here. But I just kind of wanted to throw that in there, how important this is to me. Outstanding. And good. You're, 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 a, you're a strong dude because it's hard to slow me down <laughs> when I get excited. But I know... As a professional speaker, sometimes less is more, slow it down, pause once in a while. I know I've been taught that, but it's hard. One reason why is I want to get so much in so quickly, and I feel like I'm taking up people's time. So I, I'm getting over that. I've gotten over that. And I'm doing better at slowing down for better communication. <clears throat> so money's important. We know that it is. It's definitely, you know, I believe we got three major areas of life relationships with God, ourself, and then it goes out from there. Number two is money, career, finances. Number three is our body, our longevity, and our health and fitness. And the mental and emotional health part of that is so, so important. So the victim side of Darren's mental health is 
I was fine up till 30, 35. I could run through a brick wall. I could use and abuse caffeine and ephedrine to be this lean professional guy, you know, trainer, bodybuilder. I was a pro bodybuilder for 25 years after my football career, but I did it the wrong way. I didn't use muscle enhancing drugs, but I use uh, cutting drugs, caffeine, ephedrine, pre-workouts. I was zipping along, man. Probably tried Adderall. And guess what? It's a short path. It's not good. I only have one kidney, Steve, which means I only have one adrenal gland. One kidney was taken out at the age of two, uh, a polycystic tumorous kidney. So mm. when I use and abuse caffeine and ephedrine, I drain one adrenal gland. When you drain two adrenal glands, you got problems. When you drain one adrenal gland, you got major problems. So I messed up. And I love to help young people, anybody, learn how to le- burn body fat and build muscle without stimulants. It's possible. If you're using, abusing caffeine, you can come down, lower it, and you can have more energy without it. That's another day. The victim side of Darren's mental health story is around 36, 37, 38, when I'm trying to cram a square peg through a round hole, pounding on my chest, using, abusing caffeine, not sleeping very much. The number one personal trainer at Lifetime Fitness in the world, not just for Orland Park, but in the world out of 60 facilities, pounding on my chest, I start to have these mental breakdowns. So it's one or two months of anxiety, depression, super, super strong, clinical, like severe, not being able to get out of bed, panic attacks. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? I'm not Superman anymore. I'm scared. I'm freaking out. What in is this? I never felt it before. So I started to lose. I started to lose my business when you can't get out of bed and you're lying to people who are paying you 100 to $125 a session for 12 week transformations. And you're embarrassed and you're King Kong and you can't tell people that you're anxious and you're depressed at a very, very strong play, you know, strong rate. And you're lying to people and you're trying to cover it up. And I had cycles of this. I I would lose a business, like all my business. Who in the hell is going to train with someone who can't get out of bed? They love me, but they can only go on a month or two and they're busy and they're stressed too. Um, It got so severe and it was cyclical. Was it bipolar? Like, very close family members gave away their right to be healthy and they labeled themselves as bipolar. And I'm talking very close to my family, not, not a cousin or, a, you know, it's right in my inner family. And then my, my other family members, my cousins, oh, it runs in the family. Like it's, they have this thing. Do I have this thing that's out of my control? Is it bipolar? Is it a chemical that's messed up in my head because I have genetics And there's other family members that have this bipolar thing. And the doctors say, you need this med. So I gave up and I said, you know what? At a certain point, how many times is this going to happen? Every every March, April, May for like the third, fourth, fifth year in a row. So it must be this genetic thing. So I I tried the meds. You, You try sleeping pills. If you need to get out of bed, to keep your business going at five in the morning and be energetic at six as a personal trainer. And you cannot get out of bed, period. End of story. The strong athlete, middle linebacker, who's going to run through a brick wall. He's got this half million dollar home. This convertible Corvette is a toy. He's the guy. He's Doc McCullough's trainer. 
He's Arnold Schwarzenegger's number one trainer in the world. You can do anything, but guess what? You can't get up. So try the meds. So they say you're bipolar. Try the meds, sleeping pills. That doesn't work. You're having these like zips and like you can't think and you have these lightning bolts in your head and you feel like a Mack truck and you don't sleep at all two days in a row, but you get up and you try to go and keep your business going. And finally, I hit a wall. I lost everything, Steve. This is the victim. It's a little long, but it's such a true in-depth in look at the where Darren Steen was. A whole year on my buddy's uh, condo, sleeping in his bed, not coming out at all. He gifted me his condo. My, I'm not supporting my daughters. I'm beating myself up. It's so sad. I almost, I didn't hold the Glock 45 up to my head. I called my best buddy He and said, I said, come and get it. He came to my apartment, not my apartment, my buddy's condo. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm on all fours. I'm crying. What am I going to do? He takes the gun. He says, I'm taking a Riverside Mental Health Center because Riverside, which is 45 minutes south of me, but at least you'll be by your mom. You'll be in a mental health ward. They'll, you'll be safe and you'll be by your mom. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't do it. I was this close. I was this close. I did not do it. And some something inside of me said, drink a little water, throw the bipolar meds in the garbage. I didn't wean off them the proper way. I, I don't mm -hmm. care, but I drank a little water. I took a step. I learned a few lessons in the two to three years prior to that. And I moved in with my mommy and daddy. I thought it was the lowest point of my life. I thought it was the number one worst thing. All those things I told you, those victories in the past, I'm on social media. I'm trying to promote myself. I'm trying to grow next level. And I'm living with my mommy and daddy. I can't pay my own food for my own food. But within one year, as my dad needed me because he was a smoker and a drinker and he was dying of advanced emphysema, I had conversations with my dad. I held his hand until his last breath. And with the help of hospice, he died peacefully with me and my mom and my sister by his side in his own bed. He didn't want to be in the hospital. Who wants to die in the hospital, right? He died in his own bed and he feels like he has a salvation. And we talked about Jesus Christ and he didn't want to talk about it. And I talked about all the hard things. And when someone dies slow, Steve, there are some awesome, awesome positive benefits to someone dying slow. And it was the best gift on my deathbed, Steve. I'm getting emotional. On my deathbed, I'm going to be so happy that I was by my dad's side until his last breath. And he has eternal life. My mom is so happy because no one else had the courage to have those conversations with my dad except me. And through that process, I was nursed back to emotional and mental strength and be able to be a big boy and get out into the real world and start to learn my lessons and start to blossom again. It sounds like um, this is this was the turning point. That was the turning point. It's called an amazing victim story there. And uh, I can't wait to hear, hear, hear the hero side and take us to where you are right now and go. I... The day my dad passed, it was glorious. When, if you, Steve, have you ever been next to someone, a loved one, when they pass? I have never, no. It is an amazing, an amazing experience. I asked the hospice nurse, do you believe in God? And he started at the gym because he was at, worked out at the local gym and he started laughing. I said, 
that's strange. Why are you laughing? He said, I, I'm sorry. He's just like anybody, everybody who works at hospice believes in God because of what we see every day. Mm. It is undeniable. There is a God when you uh, have a loved one pass. And that's another story, Steve. I, I could have left that day and I could have, uh, and I did, but it was three months later only because my mom needed me. So three months later, when my mom was strong enough, my buddy said, hey, he's a high ranking OSHA certified health and safety manager. And he says, Darren, you are an amazing speaker, an amazing leader. He says, I'm gonna sort of skirt the system. I'm gonna massage your resume and you're gonna go down to Nashville, Tennessee on the biggest nuclear power plant re reconstruction site where we have 600 construction workers and you're gonna be an OSHA certified health and safety manager. I said, I said Ray, I don't know how to swing a freaking hammer, dude. And you think I'm gonna be an OSHA certified health and safety manager? He says, yes. I went down on this site and he's, he's let me stay in his house rent free. He's gonna, he's gonna, he got me in besides my resume. He said, I'm gonna hold you by the hand. You're gonna be fine. And I said, all right, I trust you, man. And these construction workers think OSHA certified health and safety managers are nothing more than OSHA cops and they do not like them at all. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because they're doing drug tests. Those guys are trying to skirt the drug tests. They got 20 drug tests a day on this site. And they're, they're taking drugs and meds they shouldn't just to get through. They're just trying to survive. So guess what? I get down there. My buddy, because of political fighting, gets fired. And I, a week after, I'm down there. I have no place to stay, no place to live. And I'm an OSHA certified health and safety manager. And this is the honest to God's truth, Steve. The guy that was in charge after my buddy got fired was the guy that I took his office and my buddy moved him out and I got his office and he did, he hated me. He's like, who's this guy taking my office? The next week I'm working under the guy that hates me and he's gonna make sure I do not make it as an OSHA certified health and safety manager. Anyway, this is getting a little long. I stepped up, I created a position. I got them, I used the Darren Steen charisma. I become the joint guy. I become the go-to guy. I become the food guy. And I got the guy who hated me to like me and see my attributes as a leader. And I, I was the guy. I created a, a, flex, a flex stretch program that had never been created before. They gave me a year later, they gave me a, uh, they were paying me nothing, $9 an hour because I was nothing. And they said, you got to prove it. I stayed there. And a year after that, they gave me a bump up to $75,000 a year from 25 because I stuck it out. I swept the floor. I whistled while I work. I came early. I left late in a very tough spot. I had to go on Craigslist and find a place to live in a guy who's with a guy who's doing drugs. And I lived in a house feeding myself with a guy who's doing drugs because I had a room to rent because my buddy couldn't support me anymore. And I made it work. A year later, when they gave me a $70,000 raise, I had to turn it down and I had to come home because my poor little daughter's mom beat them and they had nowhere to go. And I said no to that OSHA certified uh, job. And I came home, I found an apartment, I got my two girls and I became the father I was meant to be. And I restarted the transformation station from scratch and I'm exploding in growth right now. That was probably six years ago. 
And my daughters love me more than anything because now they know the true side of their dad's story and I never left them. And it was it was a bitch of a process. That's a little snapshot. I was living out of my truck. I was living out of my truck and everything I owned was in my dad's truck for like two months. And I made it happen. I came back and I and I became the father and the, the personal trainer that I was truly meant to be. You know, I, that's an amazing story. Like I'm drenched right now. That was, that was very heavy duty, you know, and, and kudos to you for digging your way out. And um, I, you know, I, I'm, I too have been a, uh, a student of Anthony Robbins way back in my Chicago board of trade days. I remember going to see him in Fort Lauderdale. And when I came back, several of my trader contemporaries said, why would you do that? And my answer that just shot out of my mouth was because you wouldn't, <laughs> because I do things that other people won't do, you know, right. to, uh, especially when I get, when I get, uh, and I know Anthony Robbins said this repeatedly that urgency will create heroes <laughs> very quickly, you know, and right. it sounds like you got to a spot of urgency in your life and kudos to you for coming back for your kids and, and, um, taking the bull by the horn and creating what you've created today. And I can just tell you, I, I know this because I, I'm, there's a, there's a massive epidemic right now. Yes. People that are uh, coming out of rehab um, that have um, unfortunately become addicted to many different drugs. You mentioned Adderall, um, a lot of the benzodiazepines and I unfortunately got addicted to a benzodiazepine and paid the price for that. And fitness has played an just the most important part of my life. It's non-negotiable. I'm incredibly blessed to have one of the fittest 58-year-old uh, wives in the world. I, <laughs> someday I'll share some pictures of my wife with you. She's amazing, amazing. But um, I want people to know where they can reach out to you and find you and tell us about a few of your programs. You mentioned your online programs for people that may not be able to get out to uh, the transformation station. How can people that are scared of getting started find you and, uh, and, and, and what can they expect? Steve, thank you very much. I'm so, I don't, I've never pulled my life story out like this. So me and you just sort of threw this together. We have an audio. We almost, we had to say no yesterday. I hope you got this recorded. I got a feeling it's going to help one, two people. I really do. I hope we can throw some gasoline on it. Um, I'm super excited because I didn't expect it to be this good. You pulled out the nuggets of me and I loved your format. I'm really pumped to grow closer to you and help each other out even more and help the people that are listening, you know, um, feeling drawn to our information. I'm pumped, man. I, is this on record? I hope you're recording it. I'm why I'm looking him out of my left eye. It says recording. Okay. Yeah. So it's really simple. I mean, if you know how to spell my name, you can find me anywhere, but I'm in Southwest Chicago, New Lenox, a private transformation station, which is still open. I, I'm so fortunate to be in like an outskirts of New Lenox where, you know, the cops, you know, the, you know, the people watching you, we're, we're staying open. We're staying open. It's clean in here. I'm very, very clean. 3,000 square feet. There's only three to four people in my station at a time. For people that are not familiar with where New Lenox is, it's a, it's a south suburban suburb of Chicago. Uh, my guess is 40 minutes outside of like downtown. 
Yep, 45 minutes southwest of Chicago. Uh, Dan Ryan goes straight out of Chicago, take 80 right over. You could be here in 40 minutes. I got people coming in from different states right now because of my energy. I've had people coming from Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, different states, uh, just to get an injection of my energy and, and my personalizing of their program. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to grow with guys like you, Steve. Online, you know, just reach out to me. It's easy to find me, Darren, D-A-R-I-N, Steen, S-T-E-E-N. My website is Darren at fatlosslifestyle.com. And every, don't be scared. I, you know what? I, I've been one of the busiest trainers in the world. I do charge high rates, especially for uh, business people and corporations, but I do this for free. I'm, I'm messaging. I don't let people know that I'll help them for free too much because you, you got to protect yourself. But if you got a feeling from this conversation that Steve or I can help you, reach out to us. Private messages me. Facebook, I'm really in tune with. My text, I'd give my cell number out here. You can put my cell number out, 708-307-1579. If you're in a really, really bad spot, if you call me, I could talk you off the ledge. I've done it before, and I can help you turn things around really, really quick. The goal is not to keep feeding you fish, though. You know what? We're not going to keep feeding you fish, but if you're super low, we'll feed you the fish, but we're going to teach you to fish a lot faster than anybody's ever taught you to fish before so you can fend for yourself. Darren. Final question. What is it that keeps people from going after their fitness? They think they've tried everything. They know they're lying to themselves when they say they tried everything. They've tried a few things, half-assed, no offense. My techniques are super different. You got to burn the fat off by feeding them. You don't have to do anything, but don't try to diet the weight off. Don't try to do the cardio the weight off. We're going to teach you how to do body weight exercises and work your muscles so you can eat more food. You haven't tried this system yet. My 80-year-old mother does it fantastic. Anybody can do it, even if you have limitations in your joints, in your shoulders, and your hips. It doesn't matter. The key is personal responsibility. It's exactly what you're teaching, Steve. I used to say personal responsibility versus uh, you know, the victim mindset. It's the hero or the victim. You got. Don't tell me you can't do it. Tell me you won't. Start being more honest. You'll feel better when you stop lying. You can do it. Be 100% real. Everyone will get the top two or three things that's most important in their life done in a given day or week. You got to understand that you, if you want something bad enough as a breath when you're out of breath and you make it a priority, you got to get scared that you're your mental and emotional and health and fitness and longevity can get taken away in the blink of an eye. Getting your health back is not that hard. You, you, what good is the money, Steve? If you, if your health and your stuff, your, your mental and emotional strength is deteriorating. I know this for sure. There'll be many people that are listening that are scared shitless. They're stuck in fear. And that's why people don't change. How confident can people be to call you and know that their life will change? Oh, man. Well, I would hope from the context of what they've heard so far, they're pretty confident. They're not doubtful in me, Steve, in my opinion. They're doubtful in themselves. And here's what I'll tell you. Good Steve, their, their body, the body and the waistline is important, but it's not any people know their mental, emotional and spiritual health can go down the hell in a handbasket in like two seconds with all this pandemic BS. 
It's real, but a lot of it's blown out of proportion. They have to realize, you have to realize, it's not about the waistline, that's important, but their mental and emotional strength, sleeping at night and getting restorative sleep, their hormones balancing a little bit better on their own naturally without taking stuff, their brain chemicals optimizing and balancing even better. Your body and my body, the people listening, your body and your system regenerates new cells every year and a half. When you change what you're, they're putting in their mind and their mouth, and when they when you change the way you move, you will regenerate a new, healthier version of yourself way faster than you realize. They got to believe in themselves. They got to stop lying to themselves. The body and their mental and emotional health will turn around really fast if they're coachable, if they limit all the information they're getting in and stop getting paralysis by analysis. Steve, what I do with my clients is so, here I am talking fast and loud. What I do is so simple. It is so simple, but you got to have a personalized plan. You got to be committed. You got to get emotional and draw the line in the sand and simply decide it's important. It's a top priority in your life. It will turn around very fast. I'm calling out everybody on this, on this page or in this community that is struggling and secretly struggling to give this guy a call. I'm calling you out to do it because this is what I do. I bring people to the forefront that can change your life. And um, I had a feeling, I had a feeling when I met Darren several months ago, just by coincidence, uh, through a, a contact of mine, and we chatted over Facebook that this is what I was going to hear. So I don't want to hear the BS anymore. I know I get emotional also, but I don't want to hear the BS. If you're struggling secretly, make a phone call, get on Facebook, uh, check out his website, give him a try. Because um, this is what I do. I appreciate it, Steve. I, I knew that me and you were going to hit it off. I knew we were going to help each other out. And we will help you for free. Uh, we'll do the best that we can. And you know what I've heard, Darren? People that don't pay, don't pay attention. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, so I appreciate the altruism. And I'm sure everybody else on, on here does also. But in order to get results, you got to pay the piper. It's know? true. It's true. But, but following me on Facebook... Or Instagram or YouTube is a step in the right direction to start learning some lessons and wrapping your mind around the value of investing in yourself. Thank you, sir. Thank you for sharing your, you know, it sounds like a few of your darkest secrets with us. And, um, and again, it just confirms what I've been saying for several months now is, as, as we build this hour of champions uh, platform out all over the world that, Within, within every victim story, there's a hero hiding somewhere and you just need to learn how to find that hero. And that's what we're here to do. And you're a hero. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you and uh, listen to your story. And we'll be putting all the links up uh, when when we get the next week, when when this uh, this goes out to uh, Spotify and, and Apple and on social media, and you'll be able to find this guy, people. So- I can't, Steve, I can't wait. I got to say one more thing. Every my, my tagline that I'm known for is uh, you have the power to change to make the rest of your life the best of your life. And now is the time. It seemed like bad news when I moved in with my mommy and daddy turned into the best thing in my life. This pandemic seems like really bad news. 
But if you're listening to this, you you're listening to this this long, this far into it for an effing reason. You have the power to change. It's not that hard. Make it a priority and you have the power to do it. It's not anybody else. It's the victim or the hero. And you're a hero because you listened to it this long. And this was one of the best interviews, things I've heard in a long time. I'm a little biased, but I'm excited, Steve. I'm really excited, man. Let's go next level, baby. Better together, next level. Everybody's got the power to do it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time.